Good morning. Welcome to KMUN if you're just tuning in. And uh, welcome to Food Talk, uh, whether you're just tuning in or not, <laughs> if you've been here all along. We're very happy to have you. I'm Marianne Myers, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning. Good morning, Marianne. How are you? I'm well and uh, really happy about the weather. Oh, I know. I was baking like a custard yesterday. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh, That's right. You're going to bake no matter how warm it is. And you live on the sunny side of the hill. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, no, I meant I myself was baking. Oh, you. <laughs> Not like the action verb. What, would that be a gerund? I don't know. I, don't I know. am <laughs> baking in the sun <laughs> the day yesterday and the day before. That was really something. It was 98 out there both days. Yeah. Yeah. It was warmer there than it was uh, in other places. <laughs> yeah, it, it's always hotter out there, it seems. Just like Brown's Meat, it's always hot out there, you know? Yeah. I, you guys have the corner on the warm. Woohoo, yay. <laughs> yay. So good if you we need to cook. We paid extra. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of us except you are going to back off from the baking for a, the roasting for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like some hot soup, please. Yeah. Well, uh, gazpacho. I think yeah, that yeah. we're into the gazpacho oh, man. vichyssoise And I season. love gazpacho. I, I love, do. I do, too. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And um, you cannot make good gazpacho any time but spring and summer because yeah. you got to have that. I mean, that's one of the things that that absolutely requires fresh, delicious, ripe veg. Especially tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Got to yeah. gotta taste like a tomato. Yeah. And you know that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. And in the winter, it's just red. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, look, it's red. Red soup. Oh, and it's yeah. cold. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, well, now we're craving it. Yeah. Uh, uh, salads in general. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're coming into the... It's very exciting. It's um, farmer's market season. It's CSA season. It's everything's getting uh, ripe and ready to, you know, be, uh, make us happy. Eaten by me. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We're just on, you know, we're on the brink of berries and melons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I talked to um, the guys that run the berry stand and the vegetable stand out there on 101, kind of by the Kia dealership, and they say it's going to be about mid-June when they're here, maybe a little bit earlier, but that's really exciting. That's pretty close, you know? Yeah, it is. That is very exciting. And the Sunday market opened yesterday. Yeah, and uh, there are um, farmer's markets all over our listening area that are uh, firing up and being ready to uh, make us happy when we go shopping. Yeah. So, um, I, and I, I believe that if you go to, in fact, I know for a fact, that if you go to northcoastfoodweb.org, you will find a list of all of the uh, Lower Columbia Pacific uh, farmers markets and when they are available to you and if they are open yet and um, all of that stuff. And I know you need to know that because uh, there's some really great veg coming our way. Yeah, there's a segment of the population that goes bar hopping, and there's a different segment of the population that goes farmer's market hopping. Oh, it, it, we can do all of the above. Oh, well, there's a Venn diagram, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm never going to find wind up in the center of one of those. No, no, but usually the bar hopping ones are asleep during the farmer's market. That's right. <laughs> 
you remember um, last time I was talking about how I was going to grill some skirt steak? Yes. Yeah, I did. And it turned out really good. It was really flavorful. I, I put it in tacos. And so um, it's a piece of meat that looks kind of like... Um, um, Kind of like flank steaks, like damaged cousin. That's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. But um, and so I did what the butcher said. I grilled it and I I grilled it fast and hot, and then I I cut it um thinly along um against the grain, and that's uh-huh. really important, just like it is for flank steak. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got like ropes to tether things to your vehicle. <laughs> yes. So, it's it's utilitarian yes. instead of delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um and I liked it. I thought it was really good. But um there was maybe every fourth fifth little slice that had you know, a big piece that was just not chewable, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't like that. So there's other cuts like plank steak or, or flat iron where you don't have that problem. And yeah. so I don't know if I'll get it again unless it's really on sale. Yeah. Did you uh, do a rub or any kind of a marinade? You just tossed it on the grill. No, I didn't marinate it because um, I don't even know why. I just I just put a rub on it. Yeah. Just like a steak rub. Um, so most meats that I grill, I'll just brush them with oil first. I don't like to brush my grill with oil because sometimes that just causes a great big fire. And so I just brush the piece of meat because that's the only part of the grill where it touches that I need to be oiled. And um, most of it burns off, so it's not like I'm adding tons of calories or anything. And then I, I put a dry rub on it. And I, I do that with most of the meats that I grill. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, it was good. But now the chewy parts, I don't like making that noise during dinner. <laughs> and usually to no good effect anyway. No. So. And, and the dogs are like so in tune to that noise, you know, because oh. <gasps> they know something's coming out. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's uh, dog speak for treat, treat, impending treat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> well, um. I'm just really excited about corn. Oh, yeah. Because although we do not have much in the way of local corn ever, but certainly not at this point, uh, there is starting to be uh, at least Oregon corn mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> available in our uh, yeah. grocery we, stores. We don't have it, you know, growing, you know, on our block, you know, but yeah. that's yeah. good. But yeah. um, we certainly can get fresh corn. Same uh, with tomatoes. Uh, you yeah. know, I know that there are a few people <laughs> who actually can successfully buck the trend and I, uh, grow a great tomato I know, or but it's corn. like they sold their soul or something. Because <laughs> Dale and I, we had the great tomato experiment of 2008 and it failed. I mean, it you, failed. You tried a lot of kinds, did oh, you yeah. not? Oh, yeah. And, yes. and every one of them. It was a disaster. Oh, that is so disappointing. However, uh, I'm I'm way past trying to grow any of that stuff. I just go to the farmer's <laughs> yeah, market yeah, and I yeah. get uh, <laughs> tomatoes or I find uh, fresh corn in the grocery store. And it's very exciting when that starts showing up. Yeah, It's not as great as it can be right now because it isn't. You know, it's yeah. from a little too far it's away. It's too early. Yeah, it's a little yeah. too early. But it does make me very happy to think about it. And also, if you're going to cook it, it's fine right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, how I cook it is I will boil it. And then um, I will put in the water three tablespoons of sugar. And that really helps it. Um, just just try that if you got some subpar corn. It can really help it um, not be... Um, as mediocre. So starchy. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes it turns, the sugar has already converted. Well, that's the thing about fresh corn, that you get it, be, I mean, every day it gets starchier. Yeah. And that you can get it right when it's picked. That's what's, and it's really, really sweet and good. That's yeah. the thing about it. And I think that, um, oh, I have uh, I have come across a couple of uh, recipes for uh, salad 
in which the main ingredient is uh, corn off the cob. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try them both because I love that idea. And they both require you to cook the corn kernels. But I think I, I really also like when once we get premium corn, mm -hmm. I like it raw. Yeah. Just, it's really, really good. It's so I, yeah. it's hard to do anything better, and I yeah. think both of these salads that I've been looking at are would be fine without cooking the corn kernels yeah. if uh, if the corn was just perfect. You have the best corn salsa recipe. Well, I think these recipes are very much like that, but they've turned it into a salad, and one of them has uh, halloumi cheese in. <gasps> Num. That wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah. And and you cut the uh, cheese into cubes and grill it. Uh, until it's like toasty on the outside and okay. melty on the inside, yeah. and then mix and then uh, take it out of there. You they're doing it in a pan because uh, they're not grillers like you. You are. know what though? I've 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 grilled halloumi and it's really a pain because you have to be so vigilant. There's that one second between where it's not done and then it's like dripping through the the yeah. grate. And so now I always do it in a pan because it's uniformly crispy on the yes. outside and melty on the inside. Yes. I think it's better in a pan than on the grill. I, I do. think it is. It's much easier to get it right. And, also, and to get it out of the pan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's key to, to not mess with it. Yeah. You know, to put it in the pan and leave it for a couple of minutes, like maybe two or three minutes before you start trying to flip it. Yeah. Uh, but it... it uh, this this recipe calls for doing it in cubes in a pan, taking them out, tossing in the corn kernels that you've taken off the cob, along with some cherry tomatoes and a diced jalapeno, and then putting the cheese back in and uh, no. mixing it all up. And just the only dressing on it is as many fresh herbs as you want to put in there and fresh squeezed lime juice. So that all sounds very much to me like a riff on corn salsa. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I never thought of... of putting the halloumi in there in cubes, I always just put it in a slab and, yeah. you know, fry it like hash browns, you yeah. know. Yeah, and it's really that. good that way, but yeah. I like the idea of it. I mean, for a salad, I think the cube's nice. Yeah, and if you've never had halloumi cheese, I'd say it's like the the child of cheese curds and feta, don't you think, kind of? Yeah, I actually, I do. Yeah. It, it's a mild flavor, mm -hmm. but, but its main claim to fame is that you can cook it you know mm -hmm. it, it will retain its shape it'll get melty but it doesn't yeah. um like dissolve yeah 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 so it's possible to have it be a char on the outside and soft and creamy on the inside and that's cool i think it's greek it is for sure okay so <laughs> and then this other uh recipe that i really want to try from k chun and i really like her stuff generally speaking um is corn off the cob uh it is a salad version of, you know, the Mexican corn that you eat mm -hmm. on the cob with the crema and everything on yep. it. That's that's this in salad form. Um, so it's just got uh, corn off the cob and mayo and the crema and cilantro live, lime, uh, chili powder and cojilla cheese. But um, it is uh, the interesting thing about it for me was that when you put the corn kernels in a pan and char them, mm -hmm. Then you, uh, what she does is turn off the burner mm -hmm. and let them sit in the pan for another couple of minutes, hmm. and it makes it, it it adds to the char on them without like going too far. And I've okay. never I've never thought about doing that with anything. Okay, so I'm I've sure. done it with asparagus. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but nothing else, and I never thought of it as something that could be transferred to something else. I guess. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, it's just a. 
a way of doing something that makes me think, oh, yeah, I could have left that on there a little longer, <laughs> uh, especially with an electric stove. It, yeah. it retains heat much longer than a gas burner. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I saw a, a cute little haiku. <laughs> <laughs> you did? I did, I did. Is it time for another con- no, contest? No, no, no. No, but that's what made me think of it because we had that haiku contest a couple years ago. So um, this one, the title is, it's written by an elementary school boy. Oh. When they were, yeah, when they were learning about haikus. And the title is Fruit Loops. Oh. And he says, they are deceiving. All the colors taste the same. I do not like them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really cute. Oh, my gosh. He's a poet and also a gourmet. <laughs> I know, I know. Because he is so right on about that. He had expectations, and <laughs> yeah. they were not met. <laughs> oh. That's a fact about Fruit Loops. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, whoever makes them. Is it General Mills? I don't know. They're just sweet, I think. And, um, you know, fanciful colors. Yeah, yeah. And that's what got him. I thought that was cute. Hey, do you ever, I, I always think it's hard when, like, um, well, um, when, like, people pass away and then their recipes are lost. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who's looking for something that's like her grandmother's rhubarb dessert. And it's time for oh. rhubarb, you know. And so I wanted to see if any of you had heard anything like this. So she says, and her family is English. So she says, I think it's a pudding. And I'm like, well, everything is either a pudding or a biscuit over there. That yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> that's right. you know. If pudding you, is actually a word they use for dessert. I know, I know. Like so. cheesecake and chocolate cake have nothing in common, but they're cakes in America, you know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's she remembers it in her childhood of being like a shortbread crust, you know, like a lemon bar. And then there's chopped rhubarb and there's kind of like a custardy filling and then Uh um on top there's just this she says the closest she can describe it is meringue but it's not like lemon meringue pie or anything like that it's 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 just like a crispy crust on top that's sugary Uh um and then um but she can't find anything that looks much like it there was one thing that was like a dump cake that we found Uh that was sort of similar and it had a really really interesting method where, um, but it didn't have a crust underneath, but you could put that, where you put rhubarb in, and then you put essentially a cake batter on top of it. Yeah. And then um, then you mix dry cornstarch and sugar and sprinkle that on top, and then you pour boiling water on it. Really? Yeah, isn't that a weird method? Yes. Never heard of anything like that. No. Anyway, the top looked like her grandmother's dessert, but if any of you have heard anything uh, or, or know of anything that sounds like Kathy's dessert, <laughs> um, please uh, write, send us an email at um, KMUN. Food Talk. Food Talk, KMUN, at uh, Outlook. Outlook.com. Yep. That's it. Um, I want to take a quick sec and remind everybody or, or notify those of you who are not being reminded that uh, <laughs> that Food Talk is a co-production of KMUN and North Coast Food Web. I've already referred you to northcoastfoodweb.org about the uh, farmer's markets, but there's so much more there to explore, as is kmun.org. Two websites that are very worthy of your perusal. I know, I but be nice to the website at KMUN because it has a little bit of a hangover from its 40th birthday party. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> speak quietly while you're there. And slowly. Because <laughs> it's 40. We are 40, but we don't look it. No, no. Not a day over 39, <laughs> darling. 
Yikes. I had a funny thing happen. So um, yeah. uh, I have a friend, Lynn, and we were just sitting in my backyard chatting away. La, 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 la. And it was a nice day, you know, right before it got real hot. And then uh, my friend Judith uh, came, came, came into the yard. Just uh, Anyway, she had um, what looked like a tall boy beer. <laughs> yeah, and um, and it was just so funny. So my friend Lynn, she's an introvert. She just like clamped herself shut. You know, she's like, "Oh dear, you know, <laughs> there's somebody with a malt liquor. I'll be quiet." That's <laughs> that's how she operates. But anyway, it's my friend Judith, and what I know about Judith, you know, she drives an electric car. She believes that eyeglasses are a fashion accessory. She uh, uh, helps run a, a really good nonprofit that does a lot of good in our county. You know what I mean? She just didn't seem like she'd be drinking a forty ounce malt liquor in the middle of the day you know and so of course Lynn just shut up but I said what the heck is that and so she turned the can around and it had like this this melting skull on it <laughs> with like worms coming out of it and it was called liquid death <laughs> oh we laughed so hard anyway she said it's just um mango sparkling water which is like you know the 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 most old lady drink you can have, right? Yeah. And she says, my my daughter turned me onto this, and I'm and we're both like, ooh, you know, because it looks really scary. And she's like, I have some in my car, you know. It's it's like cold. Do you want to try it? And Lynn, of course, is now just like averting her eyes. <laughs> But um, but I said, sure, you know, so she went to her car and why she has like a car full of perfectly cold, you know, liquid deaths. <laughs> Smart in this weather. I know. Seriously, what if I you know. got trapped in the wilderness? Oh, I know, but it was so funny. So anyway, so um, uh, we tried it and the flavor is called mango chainsaw. <laughs> I can't tell if it's a parody or if it's for real because it's like exactly on the line. You know what I mean? Oh, we laughed so hard. And then when Lynn got home, she brought the can home to show her husband. You know, she was calling me and she's like, did you see that it says recycle or die? That it says murder your thirst? You know, it was just so funny. We got so much mileage out of it. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. I didn't even know there were things like that out there, you know. Oh. It really made me laugh. Well, how is uh, sparkling water and mango? Well, it just tastes like a perfectly old lady thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just sparkling mango water with a very faint flavor. It only has 20 calories. I mean, you'd think if something really had, like, liquid death in it, death that was liquid, it would have a lot of calories, wouldn't you think? <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> I know. I would, ha I would hold oh. out hope. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm still alive. I've done a brave thing. Oh, you have. <laughs> oh, you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, anyway, it really made me laugh. <laughs> it's a marketing miracle. I, oh, I, I know. You know what? It's a questionable marketing miracle. Oh, it is because I just don't know a lot of fourteen-year-olds that drink mango fizzy water. You know? Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> but maybe they're trying to get them to believe it's something else, like yeah. with you yeah. know, dissolved bones and stuff. <laughs> God. Ay ay ay. Well. Uh, what do you follow that with? I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss, and you know that's not normal. I'm stunned. <laughs> I'm at a loss for a lot of things, but hardly ever words. Yes. <laughs> um, I, wonder, uh, I wonder if you have a favorite salad that is your go-to. I wonder if you have a favorite vinaigrette, which I've been playing with vinaigrettes because I tend to, when I make a salad, I don't have t uh, pre-made dressing sitting around ever. Yeah, no, no, I don't think that's so, a good idea because it's just so easy to whip something up and then yeah. you get variety. So um, uh, my favorite um, savory one is 
um, uh, oil, and I, I almost always use white vinegar, not, uh, not white vinegar, sorry, white wine vinegar right. um, rather than other vinegars. I just really like the flavor. And then um, Dijon mustard and um, uh, quite a lot of tarragon. And it, okay. sometimes I put an egg yolk in it if I feel like they're not going to poison me. <laughs> yeah. If the egg looks like it came you, from someplace, that would be okay. <laughs> yeah. If you knew the chicken. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's but, possible these days, now that the farmer's markets are back open, yeah. it's possible to actually get an egg that you knew the chicken. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> but I, I really, really like the, um, the, the flavor of tarragon. I think it's just delicious. And I love asparagus. And when I have a salad that I put a lot of asparagus in, I usually use that vinaigrette. But otherwise, the thing I've been doing lately is because I have a lot of jam at the house, different kinds, you know, lots uh-huh. of open jars, is that thing that you actually taught me, like you taught me, and you know how you just go, duh, when Marianne tells you stuff? Of course, ding, lights go on, bells and whistles, church bells. And so um, uh, is just where I make just a, a regular vinaigrette, a little bit of lemon juice or, or um, white wine vinegar and oil, salt and pepper, and then I stir in some jam. And yeah. it's just delicious. It it's is just delicious. delicious. And I've been using, I uh, have a, a wonderful windfall of, uh, uh, remember the jellies that used to come out of the Colombian Cafe? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all those the, pepper jellies. Yes, and yeah. garlic jelly. Well, I um, went, I, I scored a bunch of that when the cafe first closed. Okay. And right on. I love that stuff in vinaigrette, any of it. Oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Uh, duh, church bells, whistles. <laughs> I mean, I've never thought of putting, I have hot pepper jelly. I've never yeah. thought of putting that and in And the garlic vinaigrette. jelly is great, too. Okay. And um, I also tried some hot honey the other day. I bought a, a bottle, of, I like hot honey mm-hmm. very much, and I've made it before, mm-hmm. but I saw a bottle of hot honey at the store and I bought it and when I brought it home and used it I it I discovered that it you should read the ingredients before you buy it you should we know this but How I, come? <laughs> but what did I, you find? It has vinegar in it. Oh. And th- that makes it useful for things. Okay. Uh, but not for... Other things. Yes. yes. And so the first thing I used it in was something I can't even remember the, where uh, I didn't want a vinegar in yeah, my honey. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it just sat on the shelf. But I have since realized that it's pretty darn good in marinades and it's real good in vinaigrette. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that sounds delicious. Because plain old honey, we would drizzle yep. into a vinaigrette if, you know, depending on what we're going to use. And I on. love the flavor of honey. Yeah, me too. So, I even have a bee whisperer. What? Yeah, Julie Tennis. Yeah, my gosh, she is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so right. Anyway, I think that's funny. My mom had people, you know, for raising the kids, cleaning the house. Uh, I have a bee whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> She's the best. And yeah. uh, uh, she is the only one I know locally raising uh, or, or pre- making honey that is like almost single source you yes. know like you it's can. so interesting because she has many hives around Astoria and you can buy the the honey from the specific hives and see how they different how they're different and then also you can buy honey that is from the same hive hive but different months you know, and yes. see how it gets different. I mean, that's so interesting to me, yeah. I think. And uh, yes, it's really remarkable when you figure out that, oh my gosh, yeah, it's a product that gets made just like everything else, yeah. uh, depending on who did it and when they did it and where they did it. it. It's really a world of 
interesting stuff. And that is a, another reason to go to your local farmer's markets because there's lots of beekeepers in yes. our world yes. and lots of opportunity to try um, local honey. Mm-hmm. I am, I am, I'm inspired to, I just like buttered toast with honey. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. You know, you were talking about the jam from the Columbia Cafe, and that reminds me, I just remember at the beginning of the farmer's market every year, Uriah would have that big buggy, and it'd be totally <laughs> filled with pepper when it was time to make pepper jam, you know? And that was always just such a harbinger of spring. You know, there's the hummingbirds, there's the bees, and then there's Uriah with his it, the, buggy full of peppers. <laughs> flexi flyer with the steak beds on the side of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> he would also do. Uh, he would drive his uh, steak bed truck to uh, uh, Yakima mm-hmm. late in the year, like early fall, mm-hmm. and uh, come back with crates of peppers. Oh, wow. And um, then we would wind up with what we called, uh, there would be a very short run of what we called steak bed salsa, what he called steak bed salsa, which was like everything that fell out of the crates (laughs) would get come in and get washed and turned and just put all in the same vat and turned into uh, fabulous salsa. So I miss that. I know. I know. It was such a great place. Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to miss it so terribly, though, because I have jellies. Yay. Yeah, I'll have to bring you some jellies. As Please. I, I have cases. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And I will say that, and, and I'm sure that there are commercially available uh, garlic and pepper jellies. I'm sure there are. I just mm-hmm. haven't really uh, shopped because I have jellies. But yeah. um, having gar- a really good garlic jelly, uh, which uh, Uriah always used as a base, uh, just bell peppers so it, you know with the jalapeno jelly it was green bell peppers or uh uh red bell peppers for the cayenne jelly mm-hmm. and yellow bell peppers for the garlic jelly okay. and so the the um, I didn't know that yeah so it's basically water peppers and uh, whatever the uh, the thing is, garlic or, or chilies or whatever. I found commercial um, pepper jelly that I like, but I've never found a garlic jelly that I liked. That's, um, I think that because I have uh, access to really good garlic jelly, when I want to make something that it would normally be a garlic bread, I don't even bother. I just put a little butter on whatever the bread is, stick it in um, the toaster oven or whatever, or the big oven if it's going to be a whole loaf, and toast it, and then serve it with garlic jelly. That's because so smart. It doesn't, you know, I, it's lazy, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's totally delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I recommend it. Uh, I totally recommend it if you can find a good quality garlic jelly. Or if you can make some, you could make some. Yeah. Because that is one of the things, uh, garlic, we can get year-round. Yeah. So you don't have to wait uh, for the uh, chilies to get, you know, become available. You can just go ahead and make some garlic jelly. That is something about garlic, you know, from the farmer's market, because there are so many varieties available yeah. here. And I haven't figured them out yet. There, there's ones with the hard stems and the ones without. And, yeah. and there's so many different varieties, and they're so different from each other. I feel like I'm playing Russian roulette, you know. I'm like, ooh, this is delicious. And then next time I'm like, I'm on fire, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. And there are some farmers locally that show up at the farmer's markets that have that, that grow a big, wide variety of of garlics mm-hmm. and um, my default system is to buy some of all of them and then like 
they all get just mixed up, and I, I know yeah, I, I don't know what I don't I'm keep eating. track of the names. Yeah, yeah, no. I'll even just buy three, and I'm, I'm super, okay. I got this. I'll remember this, and I get home and I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I have never uh, met a garlic I didn't like. So. No, no. But poor Dale, because then my default thing is just to make something. Then I'm like, here, honey, try it. <laughs> well. Yeah, poor Dale. Well, you and I both have a small test audience. You know what I no. mean? There's only two of us in one our household. One test monkey and one cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And, and I'm sure that that uh, although I, I am married to a very polite person, and so uh, he is very kind to me <laughs> under even the most ridiculous circumstances. And so I'm sure that the the words that strike fear in his heart is I tried a new recipe <laughs> know, as I'm setting a plate in front of him. You know, Dale still has that mindset when the Coast Guard. If you don't like something and you say it, then you have to be the cook next. And he's oh. just so worried I'm going to make him cook. <laughs> Poor Dale. Oh, we, uh, we're out of time. Oh, I know. We have no seconds left. Yeah. I know. I, I don't know if you want to sing us out. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I'm driving my vegetables. I'm driving my green edibles. I'm driving my vegetables around. I am driving my broccoli. I'm driving my cauliflower. Driving a bushel of Marianne's very favorite thing in the world, corn home. Thank you, Linda Perkins.